Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Selling the Mark, a wrestling podcast for wrestling fans. Uh, as always, I am Corey Mitchell, and we are right deep into it here, right down to the nitty-gritty on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Mania is, I guess, less than a week away at this point, and um, before Mania, we get the big NXT TakeOver show, so I guess we'll start with NXT this week. Um, had their go-home show, and... Um, you know, it's. I, I think Takeover is going to be a really good show. Um, I, like I said last week, I don't think it needs to be two nights long, but it is what it is. Uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of like um, building, I guess, going on. Like they they had a lot of a lot of vignettes, a lot of promos, a lot of pre-taped kind of stuff. Um, the the big thing here was like the the running theme of. Io Shirai trying to get one up on Raquel Gonzalez as they get ready for their big women's title match. And the whole idea of this, I think, was really to help build Raquel Gonzalez into like some like really, um, I don't want to say credible, but like an overpowered challenger maybe, like like a, a really big obstacle for Io Shirai. Uh, at this point, it's like she's kind of walked that whole division and, and really cleaned it out just since since she's started this whole title run and for me i think they're really running out of challengers for her like like legitimate challengers that you would think could take the title off of her at some point um maybe maybe they'd go with the title change at takeover i just i I don't see raquel gonzalez as being like the next face of that division kind of thing um especially when like you've already kind of had EO beat like a Tony Storm and Dakota Kai, I think she beat a while ago. You know, people like that. People have been there a long time. Um, as far as like the match itself, um, I think it should probably be okay. Like takeover matches usually deliver, regardless of where they are on the card or what match they are. They're billing this as like the night one main event, so uh, I think they're going to be given a lot of time to do some some pretty good things in the ring and. Um, I wouldn't say, like, I'm looking forward to to the match. Like, it's not one of those matches where it's, like, I really need to see that match. And I think that might just be because, like, the build for it has been shorter. And it's just the idea of Io Shirai not being given challengers, but having to find challengers, I guess. Um, on the other side of the women's division with the tag titles, uh, they did announce the tag team title match of... Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Um, like I said last week, I, I do like how they are trying to raise the prestige of these titles super fast, but at the same time, like they've kind of gone through that whole women's tag division super fast as well. And I think that's just indicative of how WWE views their tag divisions um, and kind of a strict formula that they have where you have four tag teams per division, uh, one set of champions, and then you rotate through the other three tag teams as challengers. Um, I guess the exception for that is the women's tag team titles up on the main roster, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, But like you've already had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez win these titles and lose them. Uh, subsequently in the same night. And you've had Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defend against the you know the, the women that you would consider to be your top tag teams at this point in NXT, aside from, I guess, The Way in Candice LeRae and uh, Indy Hartwell. 
And and I guess at the same time, you could probably throw um, Casey Catazzaro and Caden Carter in that mix too. Although after, after how they kind of got jobbed out on this week's NXT, um, I, I don't see them as a credible challenge to any titles right now. Um, so, I, like again, there was kind of two really big running themes on this episode. One being the Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez thing. And then the other one was like building to this um, Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royal qualifier for... I mean, it's such a mouthful to say. It's the, the Gauntlet Eliminator Qualifying Battle Royal for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 11, 11 competitors. It was supposed to be 12. I guess Roderick Strong, they're really playing up this angle of him being just maybe not caught in the middle, but really left left out of the cold when it comes to the breakup of the Undisputed Era. Um, anyways, you know... Uh, they had the 11 competitors in the Battle Royal. The final six qualify for the gauntlet match at the night one of TakeOver, and the order in which they're eliminated determines the order in which they will be entering the gauntlet match. Um, I was a little little surprised to see Kushida and Pete Dunne eliminated before, like, the qualifying spots opened up. Um... But then it, it does make sense. Like they immediately afterward announced that Pete Dunne and Kushida will be having a match at Takeover. Um, I think that'll be a really good match. Like I think they've really underutilized Kushida, and at the same in the same token, maybe they've I don't want to say underutilized Pete Dunne because like he just came out of that really hot feud with Finn Balor. But uh, they need something for him, and I guess if you're not gonna go with him challenging for a North American title. And you're obviously not going with him challenging for the NXT UK title. Um, a really good singles match and what could probably steal the show on night one with Kushida. Probably a good direction to go. Uh, the six men that do qualify for the gauntlet match. And uh, I'll read them off in order that they'll be entering the gauntlet match. It's Leon Ruff, Isaiah Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. So L.A. Knight ended, ended up winning the Battle Royal. Um, like, I wonder if this is a push for L.A. Knight now, right? Like, they had Johnny Gargano at ringside. They teased a lot between him and L.A. Knight after the match. Uh, I could see that being the direction. Like, they kind of got that, you know, first loss mentality out of the way last week when Bronson Reed beat him. So... Um, I mean, the order here isn't anything overly surprising. Like, you have the Leon Ruff, Isaiah Scott feud. They're going to get a chance to kind of uh, showcase that in the first little bit of the gauntlet. Um, Bronson Reed and Cameron Grimes, uh, they'll showcase... Like, I guess it all depends who who goes through this gauntlet match, really. So, um, I don't know what... I, like I said, I don't know what I think about this to determine number one contender for a, ma- for a title. Uh, this seems... Very con a very convoluted way to do it, um, but yeah, if I had to pick somebody coming out of that, it's probably LA Knight, and then he'll whoever wins will face Johnny Gargano at uh, night two of Takeover. Um, but I think like the big thing here, like the big build is uh, obviously like the title match with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross, but I really think they're gonna try and um, overshadow that with this unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And like I said before, like we're, we're coming off the heels of the unsanctioned match on Dynamite between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa that everyone's like still talking about. The The bar is very high for that match. Um, I think that's like my most anticipated match for this card. Uh, as well as as well as like Finn Balor carrying cross, I think it'll be really good too, being that it's for the title. Um, as far as Night 2 stuff goes... Uh, another match for night one that um, they just kind of built to with promos and like pre-tapes and stuff is the Tommaso Ciampa and Walter match. Um, like there's a lot of a lot of stuff left up in the air right now with that just in the sense that there's unanswered questions with where Timothy Thatcher is. There's unanswered questions with where Killian Dane is uh, and what kind of involvement Imperium is going to have in this match. I don't know if we get those answers at TakeOver. Um, 
is is it possible that like Timothy Thatcher and Killian Dane are part of Imperium now and and they help Walter retain the title? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I hope that's not the case. Like, I want clean finishes on takeover matches. Uh, we get we get enough of the bullshit finishes on Raw and SmackDown and everything like that. So, um, I think these two will have a really hard hitting match, and uh, it's a good elevation for Champa after kind of being lost in the shuffle of the Dusty Classic and stuff the last few months. So we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah, uh, like again, this is. It's it's a weird it was a weird show this week because like I said most of their build up was for their big matches and it was through like seg like vignettes and and promos and other segments um yeah they opened the show with Roderick Strong and Cameron Grimes which I guess like the storyline there is Cameron Grimes wants to buy the undisputed era um trademark and that's really messing with Roderick Strong I don't know why they needed to have that match because like those guys were going to be in the battle royal but then with Roderick Strong leaving the arena um, under the assumption that he's like quit like quit everything makes a little bit more sense I guess um, Santos Escobar had a match with Tyler Breeze uh, not a whole lot to bear or not a whole lot there that impacts the cruiserweight ladder match uh, this was more of a setup for like to just get the three teams in the tag title match sort of involved with each other. Um, because you had Legata del Fantasmo uh, and Santos Escobar kind of doing a post-match attack on Tyler Breeze. MSK runs in to make the save, and then before anything can really get going, a video starts playing with the grizzled young veterans just cutting a promo. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be a match. I'm sure it'll be good. Like, again, most takeover match, most takeovers old matches are really, really good. Um, yeah, so, again, that just kind of gets NXT sort of wrapped up really fast. There's a couple other matches on there that I don't think had a whole lot of bearing on anything. Um, oh, they, they kept teasing, um, this dog running through the performance center all night, uh, leading up to the reveal that um, someone named Frankie will be debuting on NXT when they shift to Tuesdays after the TakeOver event. Um, from what I could kind of glean, it sounds like this is going to be Taya Valkyrie making her debut with the name Frankie Monet. Um, sure, I guess. It is somebody else that's in the women's division if uh, Iro Shirai ends up defeating Raquel Gonzalez another challenger to, to put in front of her and, and hopefully maybe find somebody that can like take the crown away from Io Shirai and, and run with this women's division. I find that's a problem that they really have in NXT. Like they they build up these these champions so much and they're so afraid to beat them because where do they go from there, right? Like you saw it with Asuka. Um, you saw it with a little bit with Shayna Baszler. Uh, not so much with Rhea Ripley, um, but again, like Io Shirai has been the women's champion for a long time, like since kind of since I stopped watching NXT before I like dived back into it again. Um, so from there, like I know we're on the road to WrestleMania and like everything's a week away and all that. Uh, I'm gonna just steer clear of the Raw and SmackDown stuff right now because I I've got some things I want to say about it. Uh, I'd rather get to Dynamite now because this was a show I was finally able to watch the whole show. Um, it was a show I was glad I was able to watch because a lot went down on this. Um, outside of like actual matches, like there was a lot of really good matches on this show, including Christian's debut. Um, him and Kazarian had a really good technical match, which is such a contrast to what you, we usually see on Dynamite. Uh, and then, um, like, the main event was amazing. The the Arcade Anarchy was so fun to watch. And it's just a shame that that match had such a such a bad build and such a long build to it, too, to get to, get to that point. Um, but it was so worth it. Um, some of the spots were, were really great. Uh, the returns of not just not just Trent and his mom Sue, but also Chris Statlander returning in this match and kind of renewing her rivalry with Penelope Ford. Um, if you know you end up with Chuck and Orange Cassidy getting the win, 
and with Kip taking the pinfall, uh, I think it really open, opens up an opportunity to break Miro away from Kip at this point. Um, you know, have him blame Kip for the loss and basically Kip's holding him back kind of thing and, and have Miro break away and get into some more important stuff, some more serious stuff other than what he's been doing since he since he debuted. Um, another great match was like the, the trios match with the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid taking on Kenny and the Good Brothers and the post-match stuff there too with Moxley and the Bucks kind of presenting a united front now against against Kenny and the Good Brothers. Uh, they're having a having a trios match on the next episode of Dynamite, which I think is just going to be a fantastic match. And they're doing a good job of kind of prolonging Kenny having to face any major... Con- like, with, okay, I should say they're doing a good job of prolonging this time frame where Kenny doesn't have a main challenger for the AEW title because I don't think they want to take away from what they're trying to do with Impact right now and the Rich Swan match coming up later this month. Uh, I think that's really important. Like, you don't want to overshadow the relationship you have with Impact and the fact that Kenny is main eventing the next big Impact Wrestling show. And I, once that's over and done with, then you can maybe plan out a competitor or a challenger here for him in AEW. Um, but yeah, I think I think having the Bucks now sort of picking a side and and the lines drawn in the sand. Uh, I think we're gonna get like a really a really fun match. The last time the Bucks took on Kenny, it was for the tag team titles with Hangman Page, and it was, it's you know it's the greatest tag team match anyone's ever seen, right? Like that's what everyone says about it. So um, high expectations for this match too, because you got six guys who can really work and really go in that ring, all with such contrasting styles. I think it'll be a really fun match to watch. Um, Another quick bit they did here on on Dynamite, and one thing I kind of notice is like they're really pushing uh, dark elevation on YouTube uh, more so than they just push dark. Uh, it's not to the point yet where it's like required viewing to understand what's going on, but like there there is a lot of tie-ins between Dynamite and Elevation at this point. Um, like for example. We had, I guess, Chuck and Orange Cassidy had a match on Elevation, ended up getting attacked by Miro and Kip after the match to, to kind of build to the to main event this week. Um, also, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page uh, seem to be uniting into a bit of a tag team that's going to be mainly on Elevation, it seems like. Um, and I think that's just the nature of the beast. Like, this, like, like AEW does a lot of things really good, and... You know, you you appreciate a company who's willing to bring people in, especially when like they're not running full shows, they're not touring, uh, like they're basically running the same like it's not like they are running the same building every single week, um, and and to just keep bringing in not just main like guys for the main roster, but also all these like independent guys to just give them work and and help them get a paycheck, like it's commendable. commendable. But at the same time, like your roster is so bloated now, and I think that's why we we see a show like Elevation. And you know, if you have two guys like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, who legitimately could be main eventing Dynamite, and, and they're kind of stuck on Elevation, um, the idea of them being a tag team, I do really like that because we're kind of left with this void right now of where Scorpio Sky's allegiances lie um and one thing i thought that you might have been able to do uh earlier in the show was after the christian cage kazarian match um like there was an opening there to maybe have scorpio sky come out and attack christian cage maybe start a program with him for a few weeks and also kind of clarify like is he with scu or is he not with scu because i don't think anybody really really knows right now um Obviously, that gets cleared up later on in the show with this promo of him and Ethan Page joining forces. And it got me to thinking, like, if they're going to do a tag team thing on Elevation, eventually they got to cross paths with SCU. And with SCU doing this whole uh, angle of if they lose a tag match, they're not tag teaming ever again. Uh, man, like, 
there's a lot of drama and a lot of storyline there to to play off of if you have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky be the team that ends up beating SCU at some point. Um, I mean, SCU right now is the number one tank, number one ranked tag team. So I guess if you get into that, you got to do it before you give these guys a title shot. But I, I think that's a really intriguing way to go. I think like if it was me, that's the way I would go because you have the drama of like someone that Daniels and Kazarian feel is like their friend and has been teaming with for years upon years and he's the guy that causes them to break up never never to team again um and it's a really cool story story beat they could play off of um speaking of like teams forming um lots of uh lots of trios stuff lately and i I know i keep beating the drum on aw having like a trios title at some point um there's just again with this huge influx of talent they have and this this massive roster they have, if you can break guys into like three man units, I think that makes a lot of sense. Give them a a meaningful prize to fight over in a trios title, and like I said, you know, migrate that thing from dynamite to elevation and back. Um, like you just you look at the teams that we had, like we had a the trios match with the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid taking on Kenny and the Good Brothers. Um, you have a, you know, the multitude of trios with all these new factions and we'll get to some new factions that formed here this week too. And maybe what's going on with all that stuff, um, in my opinion, but like any combination of guys out of any of those groups, like you even look at the, the, the group of, uh, Caesar Benoni with Ryan Nemeth and JD Drake, like these three guys from Elevation who, you know, maybe don't have a reason to team now but if there was a prize on the line and they develop some good chemistry like why not put those guys in a team like they're already kind of united anyways give them a reason to be united um but yeah on to like the uh the faction stuff and uh we saw like the new group like the new group forming um with the Cody Rhodes, QT Marshall stuff, and the Nightmare family basically imploding, uh, and QT sort of forming his own group. And I will say, like, the group that he formed um, is a, a group that looks really good. Like, um, Nick Camaroto, to me, never, like, the few times I've seen him on Dark or just even in the crowd on, on Dynamite, he's never struck me as, like, a babyface kind of guy. He's always struck me as, like, the perfect type of wrestler to be like a monster heel he's just he's got that crazy look on his face he's got the size he's got the hair uh you pair him with Aaron Solo who's kind of cut from the same mold of a Ricky Starks which isn't not a bad thing at all uh Anthony Ogogo and you, you pair these guys with QT Marshall and I saw like over the week a lot of flack being thrown at this storyline because it's just Cody trying to get himself over and all that and with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In in a, in a sense, I agree with that because you've introduced like this new feud involving like whatever QT Marshall's going to call his group and Cody Rhodes and, and the Nightmare family with like Dustin and the Gun Club and, and Lee Johnson. And... At the same time, like you've got this feud going with a big group in the dark in the dark order, 
taking on uh, what they're calling uh, the Hardy family office. Uh, like, like again, just you know, two like huge groups of of, of uh, people in a feud. And on top of that, you've also got like the pinnacle inner circle stuff. So like you've got these like three storylines that are sort of the same thing, um, just at different points in the card, I guess. Like I would really consider um, like the QT Marshall and Cody stuff. Like again, I've said before, Cody's storylines always feel so detached from everything else happening in AEW, and I think that's by design in a sense because he doesn't want to be like that that triple h character that just gets himself over because he's the guy running the company or helping run the company or whatever so like that's kind of in its own little thing um the dark order and matt hardy stuff really feels like a really strong mid to like upper mid card feud and then like the pinnacle and inner circle stuff especially after what they did uh this week and and i'll get to it in a second here like it just that stuff feels so so main event and I guess the problem with this is, like, I know AEW announced that Blood and Guts match, like, a year ago for, uh, was it for Double or Nothing, or maybe it was just before Double or Nothing uh, last year, right before the pandemic hit. And I'm sure they want to get to that match summers down the road. And to me, the it should be something that involves the inner circle and the pinnacle. Like, I think that that is, after what happened tonight with with uh, the inner circle returning and the attack they put on the pinnacle and like the utter like destruction of pinnacle at the hands of inner circle um that just seems like that should be that should be the program that gets like a big like showcase match like a blood and guts or war games if you if you're unfamiliar with the term blood and guts it's, it's aw's version of war games um but that's the feud that should be in that match. Uh, I, I'm really worried here that Cody's just going to want to like, and I like Cody Rhodes, and uh, and you know I don't buy into this whole ego trip that so many people believe he's on. But when it comes to something like the Blood and Guts match or the War Games match, um, something that his father Dusty Rhodes had a big hand in, not just making famous but also creating, I just I feel like he's going to want his legacy to continue and for Rhodes and like him and like sorry for Cody and Dustin to be like focal points in that match um I, I like the idea of like the Nightmare Family Civil War as I saw it dubbed on Twitter I just don't know if it's a big enough feud for a match like that um I don't know if you can even get to the point where it's a big enough feud for a match like that so I guess we'll see where it goes. Um, an interesting idea I had was like, what if, what if like AEW did like a one-hour special, or, or um, maybe not a one-hour special, but just like how they do their dynamite specials and and dedicate one show to being like a faction warfare kind of show and just set up some different like gimmick matches, right? Like that maybe that's where blood and guts falls in, and you have that as your main event. You have uh, like just a standard ten-man tag or whatever. I think like it's a cool concept. I, I don't know. I wonder if the, the gimmick of seeing so many guys in matches like that would get burned out really fast in in a two hour show like so close together. But like again, you have all these. It's basically the same story, but just at three different levels. Like I said, so I guess there's probably a different ending destination for all three of them. But um, right now, like I'm kind of enjoying the idea of all of them. I think they're they're all. As much as as they're the same, they're also that much unique from each other. Um, what else did we have on Dynamite that happened? Uh, like the the other big match on the show was uh, the women's tag match with Bunny and Nyla Rose teaming up to take on Ty Conti and and Hikaru Shida. Um, those four women uh, and the and like the dynamic of those four women, I think. Could really present themselves to a really nice four-way match for the women's title at some point um, because they're all so loosely associated with each other. Like it's not like Ty Conti and Hikaru Shida are like tight. Like Ty Conti is the number one contender right now, or or ranked number one, I should say. Um, Matt Hardy's made it clear that he wants 
but I need to get more opportunities, including a title shot. Neither row is always right there in the title title picture, um, and not necessarily associated with the Matt Hardy family or whatever you want to call that. Uh, so you have those four women that could really, I think, have a really good uh, fatal four-way match for a women's title at some point. Um, again, I think the end game is got to be you got to get to Britt Baker and I think Britt Baker should be your next champion uh, you know her promo again this week um, really playing up like her feud with Thunder Rosa still and and making it seem like that feud is not done or it's done for now but they're going to be like long-term rivals like if they're not directly in a program they're always going to be like right there with each other um and of course, like after the the unsanctioned match, the lights out match, like these two are always going to be linked together with that history. And I think if they can be like lifelong rivals, like a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, um, maybe that's a little bit of a lofty goal. But I think like the potential is there for something like that. Uh, I really like how Britt pointed out that Thunder Rosa is has been competing on elevation to to build up her record since her one really big win in the lights out match was unsanctioned and doesn't count on her record um so i like that dynamic and if those like those two are going to meet somewhere down the line eventually i hope they keep them apart for a long time because the uh the lights out match was such a perfect ending to that feud uh so yeah i think that's probably going to do it for dynamite as well um overall like it was a really good show i really like dynamite um Stuff that I would definitely recommend finding is the Arcade Anarchy match. Um, the trios match was spectacular. Uh, the whole segment with the pinnacle and the inner circle, like some of the stuff they did there, like MJF going head first through a drink cooler, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara taking a Sean Spear, all of it. F, you know, Santana and Ortiz took out FTR, it was just, everything about it was great, it was just a fantastic, perfect babyface return for the inner circle, they reclaimed their locker room, and like I said, I don't want this to wrap up anytime soon, uh, we're probably about a month and a bit away from Double or Nothing, I think that's in May, and I don't think that this feud should end there, like I think this thing should go all summer, and maybe wrap it all out, in in September would be the best thing and maybe that's when you do blood and guts too is maybe by that point you can start having some bigger crowds in, in these venues so um but yeah like I would definitely go check that out um and what else did I say the Shields match and the Christian Cage because they're a match like I said really good technical match really different from what we usually see on AEW but again a really good match and so I guess with that um we're done with the good stuff we're done with the fun stuff and we're going to get into the, uh, I guess, the, the final week here of the road to WrestleMania. And I got to say, for like a show that's supposed to be their biggest show of the year, and it's going to be two nights, there is not a lot about, about WrestleMania that feels special to me. Uh, I think the only match that like feels like a WrestleMania match is the Universal title match with Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns. Everything else just feels like I, like I don't know if it's just that it's hard to build up to it because you don't have crowds in the building. I don't know if it's that the programs have just been so poor and so rushed and the builds have been so bad. Um, like, like perfect example, like one of the matches I was really looking forward to, even though it seemed really rushed, was going to be Asuka and Rhea Ripley. And... You know, they do the contract signing thing, which is fine. Like, it is what it is. But now the on the go-home Raw before WrestleMania, before these two face off for the Raw Women's Championship, they're going to team... Okay, this might shock everybody. They're going to team together against the, the, the women's champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I, I understand this might be a new concept for a lot of people. Or it's not because they literally just did this on SmackDown with Bianca Belair and Sasha taking on the tag champs. I don't know 
why they need to go to this. It's lazy booking. Uh, there's there's a hundred better ways that you could spend the last week or the last episode of Raw before WrestleMania to build Rhea Ripley and Asuka. It should not be a tag team match against the tag team champions with everybody wondering how they're going to coexist knowing that they're going to face off for Asuka's Women's Championship. It's bullshit booking. They've just finished doing this not once but twice with Sasha and Bianca Belair. And like that program is has suffered so badly because of that kind of booking. Um, again, the women's divisions, like this last month, have just been centered around Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. But you cannot do anything with them because you have them stuck with these tag titles, and their challengers coming out for like WrestleMania, and and they played it up on SmackDown this week with all the teams kind of coming out and. Like, there's no credible challengers for them. Other, maybe Natalia and, and Tamina. Like, Natalia got the quick win over Shayna this week. But I, I just don't know what they're doing here. Um, again, the, the the tag title scene. Like, it's not just the women's tag title scene. It's it's the raw tag title thing with the New Day and, and AJ and Omos and... Before they get to the match between AJ and Woods, they got to do this weird games night thing. And if you thought the program was bad before, like this thing died to death on Raw. This was so bad. And a guy like AJ Styles deserves better. Like this, this topped anything. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Some of the some of the Impact stuff was pretty bad. But like this was up there. This was up there for some of the worst stuff AJ Styles has done in his career. And that includes like the Prince AJ stuff he was doing with uh, Kurt Angle for that short time. So, uh, and and then you, you get to the SmackDown side and you've established you're having a fatal four-way for the tag titles, but you're not even putting it on WrestleMania. You're putting it on the SmackDown before WrestleMania, which has become a de facto kickoff show, I guess, because the Andre Battle Royal is going to be on there too. Um, yeah, like, again, just nothing, just, feel like, for WrestleMania, for for their biggest show of the year, and maybe it's just an oversaturation of like what they claim to be big shows every every year. Like, but nothing fe- like even your WWE Championship match. Like, there was some intrigue there with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Like, I I just I'm not interested in it now. I think Drew McIntyre came off really bad this week, storming the locker room looking for challengers. Um, I don't think he's very good in that role his delif- delivery for sure on some of his lines was like just awful and the whole idea too of like having Bobby Lashley put out this challenge for anyone who takes out Drew McIntyre they get a they get a WWE title shot and like <laughs> there's there's zero reason that guys like Braun Strowman or Randy Orton AJ Styles Sheamus those guys should all be jumping at the opportunity for that but instead, you literally have Braun Strowman say he's got bigger things to take care of. Being Shane McMahon, which I'm not even going to touch because it's just it continues to be just terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, and and predictably, like Braun and Shane are having a cage match at WrestleMania. But like again, to get back to the Drew Lashley Lashley thing. Uh, you have Drew storm the locker room and, and call out everybody and nobody outside of Angel Garza takes a swing at him and like he lays out Angel Garza and he attacks Drew Gulak unprovoked, just attacks him for no reason because Gulak won't attack him. I don't get I, I don't get it. The one guy who steps up to him is Ricochet. Like you know, and I don't mind the idea of like having Ricochet challenge him to a match. Um and then I don't mind the idea either of having Ali kind of try to take advantage of the situation after the match and get his own shot. Uh, I just wish we would have had like a little bit more of... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Maybe not Drew like looking for a confrontation, but just maybe kind of like a 24-7 thing where like you have an Angel Garza attack him in the hallway and Drew lays him out and then a little bit later on, he's somewhere else in the building, and that's when maybe a Drew Gulak attacks. And you could have built up to, like, uh, the matches itself by having maybe a bit more backstage stuff with Drew fighting off guys instead of, like, actively seeking out a fight. I just, I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> there wasn't a lot on Raw that I liked. Actually, I'll, I'll straight up say there was nothing on Raw that I liked. It was a very hard watch this week. Um, yeah, we get more of the same from Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and Randy Orton in the build to whatever they're going to do at Mania. Again, I think it has to be a cinematic match. I don't think you can have it or just... I think if you have any kind of match in front of a live crowd with those two, it's just going to be slow and plodding and not very good. Um, yeah, and, and sorry, not to keep jumping around, but to get back to the WWE title stuff, like... It almost seems like you're working Drew and, and Bobby Lashley to Mania in separate programs right now. Because Drew's like dealing with this whole um, Bobby Lashley challenge thing. Like he's going to be facing Baron Corbin next week who's going to try and earn his shot I guess. But at the same time like Lashley's going through this whole implosion of the Hurt Business storyline. So they just like they're going to the same ending point but they're not going there together, which I think is a really weird way to build what you would consider like one of your big matches for the show. Um, yeah, we touched on the tag title stuff. That's awful. We touched on the Braun and Shane stuff. That's awful. Uh, oh, they announced Sheamus and Riddle for WrestleMania, of course, uh, after Sheamus got a win over Riddle. So at least logically that makes sense. Um, and then of course they, they let Riddle get one up on Sheamus afterwards of the post-match attack because you're a week away so you gotta keep both guys strong ridiculous uh, and then like the Bad Bunny man even the Bad Bunny Miz stuff was it was so bad and I think it's mostly because of the music video like I saw a lot of people praising it and saying it was really good I thought it was silly um you know, and you end up with like a really serious confrontation between between these guys after, after the fact. But it's so hard to like take the Miz seriously after watching a two minute video of him jumping around in a rabbit suit and trying to be a rapper. So I, I just don't I don't know. Like it's just there's not a lot coming out of WWE right now that's making me feel excited for WrestleMania. Like. You get the SmackDown, and we talked about the SmackDown titles, and they're they're not even going to be defended on on WrestleMania. Like the Seth Rollins Cesaro again is potentially a good match that's really suffering from a bad build, um, and a, a lot of that just might be my personal preference because I really don't like Seth Rollins, uh, especially in this role that he's in now. Um, man, the Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, Logan Paul stuff. Like I've talked before, I, I wouldn't be hitching my wagon to Logan Paul, and and I wouldn't be banking on getting a lot of viewership just because he's got 23 million YouTube subscribers. I don't see any reason for him to be a part of that program other than trying to capitalize on this media, this celebrity that he's somehow made for himself, being a piece of shit all the time. Um, yeah, again the. Bianca Belair, Sasha stuff. I mean, it was better this week with Bianca beating Carmella, who was like the previous challenger. So at least there's like a credible reason for Bianca to win that match. And I like again, who knows what's gonna happen at Mania? I think they really would like 
Bianca to win. I just don't see her as like the women's champion. I just I can't take her seriously enough to be the women's champion at this point. And and of course like the main event stuff. Like that's the only stuff I'm oh the Apollo Biggie stuff. I uh, I guess they're gonna have something called a Nigerian drum fight at WrestleMania. I have no idea what that could be or what it can entail. Uh to me it's just this this fake Nigerian accent Apollo's been rocking, it seems like it changes every week. I, maybe that I, maybe I'm crazy, but it just I, it seems like the delivery and the nuance around that that accent changes every week with him. And like I, I don't know what is what is a Nigerian drum fight? Is it just an excuse to have an ODQ match with these guys? Probably I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Like the only thing I'm really excited for is is maybe that Universal Title match, Triple Threat match. Um, and may, maybe that's just mostly because like Roman has done such a fantastic job as this like heel, this cold calculating heel champion, and you've got Daniel Bryan being like the sympathetic underdog babyface looking for his one last sh- chance at WrestleMania glory, and you've been able to flip the switch now on Edge from being like this heroic returning legend who won the Royal Rumble to now being like this really unstable selfish uh i guess i don't want to say in between kind of guy but just not really a heel not really a baby face which i guess is an in-between kind of guy um but like edge over the last couple of weeks has been really good too and, and i think this year you're gonna have a really good match and by all means this match should definitely close off night two of wrestlemania and be like the the actual main event of wrestlemania i like i know they say they you know, it doesn't matter what part of the card you're on, as long as we call you the main event, uh, the main event will always be the last match, and this, by all means, should be the last match of WrestleMania. Um, yeah, so, that kind of sums up how I'm feeling about things right now. Uh, I think TakeOver's going to be really good. Uh, again, I don't know if it needs to be two nights, um, and if you really like, if you look at the card, like there's so many title matches too at Takeover. Like it almost looks like a New Japan card with how many how many title matches there are. Um, but I think that's okay. I think for the most part they'll all be really good. Um, lots of potential show stealers for both nights, um, from Walter and Ciampa, like I mentioned, to the cruiserweight ladder match. Um, you know, Johnny Gargano always has a good match at Takeover, uh, even though I do not care for this weird character that he's doing right now uh finn and and cross should have a fantastic match uh if i had to pick a winner there i think they probably put that one back on carrying cross like i think it's time to maybe maybe switch up the nxt title uh triple threat tag match should be really good um again if i had to pick a winner there um it's tough because it's maybe if santos escobar retains or unifies maybe look Del Fantasma wins the tag titles and they do like a gimmick where they, they have all the gold um, or you put it on the Grizzled Young Veterans because they're probably the team that can carry that division right now uh, yeah I don't want to go through a whole bunch of predictions for NXT like there's I think there's too many matches um, but yeah I think we'll probably start wrapping things up here now um, yeah so next week um being that WrestleMania is on Saturday and Sunday, I don't think we'll be touching on any WrestleMania stuff. Uh, I think we'll cover our usuals with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. Uh, of course, both nights of TakeOver. Um, if I can, like, I, I'm really kicking myself because I really wanted to fit in that MLW Never Say Never cart or show. It's like an hour long. I just didn't have a chance to get to it this week. Um, admittedly, I ended up running out of time to really do anything. And I basically powered through like the last half of Raw, AEW, NXT, and SmackDown all in one day. Um, I don't advise anybody consume that much professional wrestling in one day, uh, unless you really, really love love the, the industry. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of upset I didn't get to watch that. Maybe if I have some free time, I'll get back to it. Um, yeah, again, for the WrestleMania stuff, I don't think we're going to talk about any WrestleMania stuff next week. I think we're going to save that. 
I haven't decided if I'm going to do like a separate WrestleMania show just because of how big WrestleMania is going to be or if I'm just going to try to cram everything that happens at Mania into the usual show with the usual content. Uh, but I will definitely got, let you guys know next week what my plan for that is. If I do do a separate Mania show, I think I'm probably going to release it midweek after Mania, so like a Wednesday, Thursday, just to space the shows out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, until then, I think we'll wrap this show up. Um, as always, uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening and sharing and following on Twitter, subscribing. Uh, please, by all means, like, spread the word i would i'd love to grow this podcast more and more um and i just i do like just talking about wrestling uh it's it's given me a good reason to just sit down and and really enjoy something that was a big part of like growing up which i think is the case with most wrestling fans so um again like subscribe all that good stuff rec you know word of mouth if if you got friends who are into wrestling and maybe they need to kill an hour or something uh send them my way uh, on any of their favorite podcast platforms. Uh, and always check out uh, Upside Downtown. They provide the music for the beginning and the end of the show. Um, like I said, I think they're working on new material. They've just managed to start getting back together to, to kind of play together again. So uh, with the restrictions and everything in, in our part of the world. So yeah, check them out on uh, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, I think there's a couple other ones. I think they're on Spotify, but I'm not sure. I'd have to double check that. But either way, uh, it's going to be a pretty big week. Um, I mean, we got two go home shows for Mania. We got Takeover. AW's got a pretty big card booked for next week too. So, uh, with all that being said, like there's lots to digest this week, and there's going to be lots to talk about next weekend. And um, yeah, until then, uh, enjoy whatever you're going to watch and. Yeah, for fans, just let's let's break away from this like WWE versus AEW stuff, and let's just you know take the products for what they are. Um, there's nothing wrong with competition, uh, but I just we don't need to be you know on the comment sections, on the message boards, shitting all over each other, or just like you know just throwing out your negative comments on certain guys and what they're doing. Um, I just don't see any reason for that. Um, so yeah, that'll be the show this week. Um, enjoy TakeOver, enjoy the build-up to WrestleMania, and enjoy the counter-programming that AEW is providing, and whatever else you want to watch. Uh, until next time, I'm Corey Mitchell, this has been Selling the Mark, and I will talk to you guys next week.